I am Bamps, and I am your storyteller, and I am joined by my wonderful cast. I'm Jupiter, and I play Missy, the forever teen, misunderstood, emo, Malkavian. Hi, I'm Oz. I play Arthur Subchak, the Nosferatu. <laughs> I'm Tom, and I play Jimmy, the best Toreador from the 80s. Hi, I'm Super Cookie. I am playing Coco. The camera is going to open on the mall. And outside we can see a black SUV parked out there. And then the camera will quickly transition through the roof of the mall, through the upper floor, until it comes down into the hallway where we see Jimmy asking one of his guys if he has seen Carol. Looks at Jimmy's like, yeah, no, she was right this way. And he points down towards the Forever 21. She was with uh, Coco, her name is? The new girl. Ah, cool. Yeah, sure. Um, Jimmy just lightly jogs to the Forever 21. Inside the Forever 21, Coco, you had heard Jimmy's voice outside. Are you waiting for him or are you going to go meet him? No, I think we were headed out the door so that Carol could find her friends. So you two will come out of the Forever 21 and you will see Jimmy lightly jogging in your direction. Carol, so good to see you. And Jimmy motions to put his arm around her shoulders or something. She comes in, she gives you that little hug before standing back and disengaging from you physically. So when Jimmy goes in for the hug, he's going to whisper in her ear, we should get going quickly now. Coco, you will hear this. Carol will look very perplexed. Something wrong, Jimmy? Um, there might be, and it's best to probably, it's best to get out of uh yeah this just uh we can talk about it later when we're in a better spot maybe in your uh, suv can i come where are we going what are we doing are we going out um jimmy kind of looks nervously to carol sure you if you want to i mean is it okay Is, is that okay carol like can I come? I imagine this is the first time that Jimmy has ever truly been in this state. He's not usually nervous like this, no. I don't think he's ever been this clearly agitated in front of Carol. She'll like, yeah, let's let's go. And she will start walking back towards the entrance where she came in, back towards her SUV. Is that the way Jimmy came? I think so. You saw the SUV. You knew that she was here. Uh, maybe a different door. I may have been followed by something. Sure, Jimmy, you lead the way. She is apprehensive at best. That sounds ominous. Um, where are we going? Like, should I change real quick? We don't have time. Let's go. Okay, rude fine i'm sure there's 
uh, exit near the the main exit, but like sort of like the back door of a store. Just goes into the back of a a gap that isn't open anymore. You start to weave through clothes racks that don't have any clothes on them, empty display cases. On a scale of one to ten, how how nervous or anxious does Jimmy look? I'm thinking a seven or an eight, somewhere in that range. Carol is happy to to go with you in this situation. She pulls out her phone and is tapping away on it as she is walking with you. Should I have him pull the car around? Uh, yeah, I get it as close to the exit here as possible would be best. Alright, I don't know what's going on, Jimmy, but... I'll tell you in the car. You head through this empty gap. Coming out the door, you will see the SUV pulling around the corner and you know, headlights on, that kind of stuff, as it pulls up in front of the three of you. Uh, Jimmy's going to open the door for Carol and let her in. You're going to see Carol step up to the door, and she starts to duck her head in before her head is ripped backwards, and you will see a clawed hand exit out of her chest covered in her vitae and her innards and her, well viscera she pauses there for a moment as Jimmy is seeing the scene and Coco, it takes you an extra second you were coming around the back of the car and you just heard this crunching sound and looking back you see Carol's head back mouth open and a hand, not unlike yours, reaching out of her chest. Time seems to freeze for but a moment as her hair is pulled farther and farther back until you see the hand come out of her chest, a foot goes on her back, and her head is ripped clean from her body and begins to turn to sludge. Jimmy Speeple is standing in front of you, covered in Carol's gore. And Coco, you see a young girl, a little older than Missy. Her hair is white with the exception of a few strands of brown that are in her bangs that cover one of her eyes. And her two hands, in addition to be covered in blood, are large, bony, hairy claws similar to what is currently in your hoodie. Jimmy, you feel a kind of a snap. And for a moment you don't feel anything for that that mush that is currently rotting on the ground in front of you. Jimmy's going to go into the back seat and wrap his arm around the driver and try to just rip his rip him out, like rip his head off or something, just pull at him. You dive over the divider arm under the guy's neck and you just start choking and twisting uh, is your intention to kill this man or just just straight up kill him there is a sickening or satisfying crunch as his neck breaks underneath your your force 
Coco, what are you doing in this situation? I just throw my hands up. Like, what the fuck? Clearly showing her, like, my hands are the same, but out of it. Wits gone. Like, what the hell? She starts, like, when you have just washed your hands and they are damp and just you snap them to get the loose bit off. She just shakes this bit of gore off before reaching down and grabbing Carol's jacket and just wiping her hand with it. Giving it a little bit of a lick as though she is cleaning herself. Do do I do I know you? Um, it, we're, we're kind of the same, right? We Are, are we like family? Without looking at you, she will say, yes, you could say we are family. Is my, are you my vampire daddy? I thought, oh my God, it's a vampire mommy. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Hi, my name's, I'm Coco and Portia. You probably know that. I'm just rambling because I'm nervous. Don't kill me. Her hands start to shift and return to just normal people hands. And she then licks at the last little bits that are still there. Killing you would defeat the purpose. And no, I I did not know your name. You have got to teach me that, first of all, because I've been stuck like this since yesterday. She gets a little smile on her face. Inside the SUV that you are standing next to rocks back and forth a little bit as Jimmy struggles with this man for just a moment before killing him. It seems that you have let your beasts get control of you. That's good. You'll have a long time to get to know each other. Uh, yeah, it was um, somebody just kind of like really pissed me off and it, it I couldn't really control it yet. So, but I, I really want to learn how to just like snap in people hands. Did you kill him? No, it's that fucker right there. He really, he put pain on my painting. I almost did. I wanted to. I really fucking wanted to. At this point, Jimmy has finished his gruesome task and is able to do whatever it is he wants in this situation. Jimmy gets out of the car. Ah, all right. I need to dispose of some evidence. Uh, Coco's people, you've been introduced properly, I presume? People, hi. It's nice to meet you. And I put out my meaty claw hand. She looks at your hands for a second and just, like, looks up at you with, like, what do you want me to do with that? Okay. Hug? Fist bump? I don't know. Bro. There are... You still cling to customs of your mortal life. That life is over. Okay, well, like, I mean, anything that you can teach me, I am all in. I am ready because that was cool. It was really cool. All right. Um, Coco, if you want to go with Sveeple, go for it. I'm not coming back in the morning. All right. Sveeple, you've caught my attention. Let the rest of your pack or whatever know I'm interested. And then Jimmy opens up the driver door, pushes the 
guy over and a few moments if someone wants to say anything before Jimmy leaves. Seeple has nothing to say in this particular moment as you are preparing to leave. I just turn back to her, like, where is he going? He has tasted freedom. He is going to explore freedom. And Jimmy drives off. So he's a dick anyway. As the SUV drives off, she says that he was a slave. That's not cool. I definitely don't want to end up like that because he had real attitude problems. I mean, there was a time when I thought that he was cool, but it was just because like he tricked me into like drinking some of his blood and I didn't know any better. And all of a sudden I thought he was cool, but turns out he was a total jerk the whole time. It's one of the things that the blood does. It's what the elders use it for to control those younger than them. Well, you know, good for him. I hope that he can find some place that embraces like the eighties as much as he does. Cause, or maybe like, maybe he'll get this freedom and like, he'll meet new people and like explore himself a little bit. That would be like really nice. We have nothing but time to find out. Coco, as you're having this conversation, you will see the pile of Carol turning to dust. And, well, it's not a very breezy night, but starting to move around a little bit just as the wind blows. But her clothes and all the rest of her stuff is still sitting there. Well, I guess I better clean it all up. You know, I'm just going to hold things up, check, see, like, what's my size, the jacket. I'll do a pat down because I know that she had drugs on her before, so I might be able to steal some of them and, like, money. Maybe her phone. I wonder if I could get into it and, like, I don't know, just be nosy. So I'm just going to grab important things and, like, anything that fits and would look cute on me. Anything else, we're going to take to the dumpster. Sure. You start using your monster hands to sort through things. And people will just stand there and watch you for a moment. I don't know about this one. Like, do you want this top? It might look cute on you. Apologies for not giving a more in-depth description of what she is wearing. She's wearing boots that are half-waist and half-tied off. She's wearing some jeans that look like they have gotten some stains in them from use rather than fashionable stains an old band shirt and a leather jacket that has one sleeve ripped off not like cut off like one might do to make it look cool with like fringes and stuff but there are just loose sections of the biker leathers of this jacket that are dangling in random ways she does not seem to be the kind of person to care about her appearance I mean, but all the more reason to, like, offer her this cute free shirt. You have much to learn about what is actually important rather than cute shirts. Well, I can't wait. She starts to walk back into the mall. Uh, Do you want to see some of my artwork? If that would make you happy. 
I mean, it's really like the only decent thing to check out in this shitty ass mall, honestly. And you start to lead her back through the gap, back into the mall proper. Meanwhile, over in a, well, can it really be stolen if the owner is dead? SUV. What's Jimmy going through right now? He's trying to remember what Art has told him of how to dispose of vehicles. I believe when you disposed of Ricky's vehicles, you had your watchman take it someplace and light it on fire. Yeah. Jimmy's going to pull over at a gas station, check the pockets of the guy looking for a wallet, see if there's any cash. Oh, there's a a couple hundred bucks in 20s and some small bills in there. All right. Now, the gas can. Uh, is there a gas can to buy at the gas station? Sure. I'm sure they have one that they like to overcharge you for because when you need a gas can from a gas station, you're over the barrel. Yeah. All right. So Jimmy's going to buy a gas can. The windows are tinted, right? Like no one's going to see a body. Okay, good. Of course. It's super styled. All right. He's going to buy a gas can, fill it with gas. And uh, put it in the trunk. And then drive off to... (sighs) Where? Where indeed? He initially thinks he wants to go to the middle of nowhere. Yeah, out of the city, middle of nowhere. But then he realizes he can't beat the sun back and would just burn. So maybe the port? Find a warehouse parking lot or something and just torch it and then you'll find a payphone to call a taxi that can easily be a plan yes that will be his plan finding a payphone might be a different matter i mean i'm sure you could go up to some rando and be like yo here's 20 bucks call me an uber because everybody has cell phones so why does Jimmy need one when he can just use somebody else's? Or you just go into another gas station and ask to use their phone? Or you go into a bar because they call taxis for people all the time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Plan in mind, you drive off to execute it. It'll take you a while to get across town to find a place where nobody's really watching and then perform a minor act of arson. Uh, making sure to dose the body. Of course. As little evidence as possible. He's going to check the glove compartment. Check, um, I mean, check the body for more stuff. Like, is there anything of value? Is there a pistol? Is there... He's got a pistol. He's got an extra clip of bullets for it. He's got... I assume you're completely stripping him. He's got a... Like a Kevlar vest that's on underneath his shirt, his suit thing, his jacket. So it's under like three layers of clothes. Yeah, a Kevlar vest would could be nice, but it doesn't really work with his outfit usually. Is there a spare like button-up shirt or something in the glove compartment that he could? Because the one that the guy has on is clearly covered in blood. Yeah, no, that one's in no good shape. 
yeah, there can be a small change of simple clothes. So you're not like a full suit like the guy was wearing, but as you are vampires and do vampire things, there can be a, uh, a supplementary change of clothes that are in plastic bags to keep them from getting messy. All right. So Jimmy is going to perform a cardinal sin and wear a button up shirt because he realizes his vest has some blood on it. One might ask as to whether or not he's second guessing his eightiesness as to whether or not that is something that Carol liked about him. So he kept, or if that's really something that he is super into. Well, that's for a, a later mental crisis to solve right now. He needs a bulletproof vest on underneath his thing because who knows what technology saw him to do things and who's out to get him. Almost assuredly, arts technology has seen him. Yes. Speaking of arts technology, the camera flashes to some of the screens that art has that are linked up to cameras. As Coco and Sfeeple walk back to the Forever 21, with Coco having a monster handful pile of clothing. As you walk in, you will hear movement as Summer begins to rouse from her blood-gorging slumber, for the lack of a better word. And she sees you coming in with Sfeeple and an armful of clothes, and she looks up at you and is a little confused and starts getting a real confused look on her face. So I just brought you some new clothes from the store um, just, like, next door. Do you want to try this stuff on? I know that you really like Carol, so I kind of, like, styled your outfit after her. Is that cool? She looks at you, and she looks at the clothes, and then she stands up and holds at her head. It's like, that... Oh, God. And then she looks past you to people. It's like, I I need to go. Some... And she starts to try and walk past you. Uh, no, honey, you have to stay here. Remember, we're like super mega best friends. Um, so, Sfeeple, she came here uh, with um, Carol, and she has my ankle monitor on, and she can't leave. And we can't kill her. Summer keeps walking past, and Sfeeple just reaches out and grabs her bicep, and is just squeezing and holding her. And Summer looks at you and is like, I, look, look, I, I'm sorry, but I'm a little fucked up right now. I mean, that's fine. Like, what do you need? I'll get you whatever you need. You just have to stay here until we can figure this out. And, um, uh, my new friend here is going to help me figure this out. It's going to be great. <sighs> no, you, you, she, she's been keeping me hooked on this, on this shit for, for years now I can it's, she puts her non-gripped up arm over her it's like I don't I don't feel anything for her okay but but you love me right it's just me it's Coco remember you love me Sfeeble walks dragging Summer into the room and roughly pushes her down and Summer can't really do anything about it at all, given that she lacks the the strength here. 
And she sits and she looks nervously. It's like, oh God, she's going to kill me. No, don't kill her. We're not going to kill you. Um, I just kind of hustle over and, you know, on my knees next to her, just kind of trying to do a convince with my monster hands, which I'm sure is making the situation worse. She struggles as you're trying to console her with your monster hands, and she's freaking out a little bit. This people still holding on to her says, this one seems to have been her pet. Well, she has to be my pet now, okay? Like, I can knock her out here. So I just scratch my uh, wrist again and just try and shove it at her mouth. Takes her a minute, and you are trying to shove your wrist into her face, and she's fighting against it until Sweeple grabs her head with her other hand and holds it still, and then you stick it on there, and as the taste hits her tongue, she's all in. She starts drinking again, and after a moment, people will let go of her as her arms now go up to grab at your arm, and she begins drinking more. And you can feel it. You can feel your blood being consumed by this, air quotes, young girl. Seems to have been in this situation for years, but you don't know the details. Do you let her keep drinking, or do you think that she's had enough? Well, last time I gave her just a little bit more and she passed out, right? So that's kind of where my only baseline of knowledge is. So I'm going to try and give her just a little bit more, exactly what I did before, and then hope that she'll just pass out after this. And you can feel it now. The hunger is getting even more intense, harder to ignore. But as you pull away, given her what feels like the same amount you have done before, she wipes at her lips, pushing the last of the blood into her mouth before she starts to to slump. I just help her gently down to the ground, like, thank God that worked, I say out loud, and just clean her up, just lick any blood and stand up. People will look at you already taking in pets. Okay, but what am I supposed to do? I couldn't have this. um, They put this like low jack situation on my ankle and then I wasn't supposed to leave them all. And then I asked Carol and Carol got this. She was like, yeah, she could totally help me. And then this girl showed up and then we put the ankle monitor on her. Right. And so now she can't leave them all. She clearly wanted to leave them all. So do I tie her up? Like any advice would be great advice right now, probably. Why didn't you just leave them all? Because they're going to kill me. Kill them first. I mean, I barely know how to not keep myself killed like i almost went outside earlier um it was just too warm it was like too much like i feel like there's a learning curve i would love to but like first she pokes a finger right to your chest like where your heart is this is what teaches you so i guess today i'm learning about pets okay 
I'm so glad you're here. Why did you, why are you here? I thought you just abandoned me, which was kind of why they want to kill me, by the way. This is going to take a while. She says, as the camera cuts away to Jimmy down in the docks, trying to find a place to burn a car. You find a warehouse that is currently closed. It doesn't seem like there's anybody here. The parking lot is empty. It's good as place as any. There's no other businesses or anything else that's currently open. You start with your gruesome task of splashing gasoline all over this vehicle. Yep, start dousing gasoline over the vehicle, inside the vehicle, and then there's lighting it. He grabbed a cheap Bic lighter at the gas station, but he realizes that he'd have to be close to the fire to set it. That's not a very appealing idea. No. No, it is not. No. He's going to... It stinks of gasoline in there and hopes for a pack of matches in the glove compartment. I feel like Jimmy would be the kind of person that would have matches. You've lit cigarettes for people before, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I think so, yeah. But because I feel like he doesn't have any on him because he wasn't prepared. You pat yourself down and find yourself without fire. Except a bit later. Yep. Because he thought that far ahead. And you can't exactly drive a gasoline-smelling car somewhere to pick up a new one. No, it would be very dangerous if something were to happen and you were in a raging inferno. Yeah, yeah. All right. He's got to do it, though, so... No. He can't. He can't. He knows warehouses have, like, cardboard boxes or paper, so he needs to break into that. So he can light that on fire and then throw it at the car. First, he's going to look for a dumpster, because sometimes there's cardboard boxes at dumpsters. Oh, yeah, easy peasy. You go over to one of the dumpsters, you flick it open, and you can see that there are just some pizza boxes from some sort of party that they were having that are all greasy and just right there on top. Perfect, perfect. Okay. So that's the plan. He's going to light the pizza boxes on fire, two just to be safe, and then toss them at the car from like a good five meters away. As you light these pizza boxes, you feel the beast rise up within you. And then maybe it's the not now. Maybe it's the more pressing issues. Maybe it's something else deeper that you gain control of it and you throw these pizza boxes in there. How long do you watch the flames as they begin to engulf this car? Once there's the obvious like woof and the heat from the fire hits Jimmy, maybe two, three seconds. He needs to get out of here. He wants to find a bar. So he turns and walks off into the night. Yes. Uh, I had forgotten what Coco had asked people what she wanted to know about. 
probably every single question at once just came spilling out of her mouth. Like, uh, why did you leave me? Why did you pick me? Um, these people want to kill me. Like, why would you, if you knew that they were going to try and kill me, like, why would you just leave me there? That's pretty rude. The answer to many of these things is the same. Because you want power. Well, like, how how do you know me? We met a short while ago. And you made what some might say is a mistake of attempting to fight back. I mean, yeah, that definitely, definitely sounds like me, um, for, for sure. You're so vague. Like, why so vague? What should I spell out for you more? You attempted to fight back against something you did not fully understand that you likely knew deep down in your heart that you stood no chance against. You were already one foot into this world. I felt what you tried to do. And then you could have died, but you didn't. You reached out and you took my arm and she'll hold up her arm and you drank. I just wish I could remember anything as, you know, it sounds, sounds kind of special. You remember that you tried to use your power that you had gotten from Kelly, that he had taught you how to use. Yeah, my tough stuff. Remember being tough? Yeah. And you remember this wolf that had white fur with the one brown splotch over its eye, which is very similar to her hairstyle. And you remember drinking. You remember how awesome that was. Holy shit. I just, I don't really know how to do anything yet. Are you here to teach me things? Are you sticking around this mall or are you rescuing me from it? I am here to find a member of my pack. Is that me or is that, is that Cheshire? Like, cause I met Cheshire. You guys know each other, right? He is the one I seek. I felt his call. The others are on their way. Like the rest of your pack? That is so cool. As for whether or not you can be a member of my pack, that remains to be seen. You are being tested. And should you prove worthy of the gifts that you have been given and the power that you have taken for yourself, well, then perhaps you will be allowed to join. I mean, I keep hearing all this lone wolf stuff. I'm kind of confused. I don't know. It seems like some of these kindred like group together, but then they say you can never trust one another, period. I don't are are things different in your world or is that just like this weird mall mall space? I see they're already trying to teach you their ways instead of letting you find your own way. You should have seen, like, there were so many rules, and they made me do a memorize, and then I had to recite rules to not get killed. And then I got beat up anyway, like, so, and I had to just fucking take it. It was bullshit. She will say, we have our own rules, but they are different rules. Are they just, like, basically the boring biblical ones, right, like, 
don't kill and like don't steal or whatever because that i can live by kind of maybe not like killing sometimes there was an incident earlier in the bathroom no fault of my own it was pretty much jimmy's how many have you killed Okay, um, I think like two people. I called two people. And I'm sure your lapdog friends are very upset at this. Well, they made it clear that I don't have any friends, so that's first. Um, yeah, they're all a little pissed. They're like, don't kill anybody. Like, clean up after yourself or whatever, and like whatever what else would you have me tell you before I leave well like where did you come from and where are you going now how am I supposed to get in touch with you also uh, you should probably know that I'm supposed to like bring you to the um, prince who is a lady and I'm pretty sure that they're going to kill me or you or both of us together that is their way my god this is like almost impossible okay so if you're not gonna take me with you like i have to deal with them i'm supposed to like detain you all right which i just saw how you ripped that lady in half and that was some crazy shit bro you will find that the longer you live the more powerful you become you have a rare opportunity that most don't with your lineage. Well, yeah, clearly I have these freaky monster hands that everybody like gets weirded out about. And you're just cool. Like, I really like your vibe. It's very, very cool. Where are you going? And like, how can I get in touch with you? Like, cause I mean, we are going to hang out, right? That will be part of your test. She sits in front of you and takes a hold of your hands, does that thing where she's sitting and she's holding them and like looking at you in the face and she squeezes them and says, this is a lesson from the beast that is inside you, from your primal forces that are driving you. You have to become in touch with your beast and that will give you a greater not control, but understanding. Do you have any, anything that you can tell me that might help me like ease into that? I. You are strong. You were strong enough to reach out and take what you wanted. To take the power of the blood to yourself. Our meeting was chance, but... Here we are, and you have not but infinite opportunity in front of you. I just give her a hug. I feel slightly defeated. Fine. This is fine. Fucking vague, churchy shit. You embrace her, and she stands stock still before just putting one hand on your back as the closest thing to a humane gesture you have seen out of her all night. I'll take it. That's good, because that's all you're going to fucking get out of her. 
Jimmy, we find you riding in a cab. Jimmy does not want to go back to the mall. Perhaps it was habit that you told him this is where you wanted to go. But you can reach up and get his attention. And where do you tell him that you want to go? Jimmy gives the cabbie the address of his sister's place. A brief comment about that being back a little bit the direction that they've already came and to make sure that you're okay with the fact that this is going to keep your fare going and it's going to be a little bit more expensive, etc. Jimmy is flush with cash for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, just just do it. He's like, all right, sir. And then he stops at a stoplight and makes a U-turn and heads back the way he came to another section of the city. What does Jimmy hope to find at his destination? He first knows he needs a cover story. So he wants to find just somewhere to buy like a bottle of booze. That's nearby his sister's place. Easily done. You could have gotten a six pack or something to go from the place where you called the cab. Yeah, sure. In the cab, he's going to crack one open in the cab and chug it. And also take some of it and like put it on the collar of his shirt, try and get the smell all over him. Take a beer shower in the back. The cab driver's like, uh, what are you, what are you doing back there? Just need to, uh, relax with the beer. I'll tip you one. Yeah, after. He just turns on awe and yeah, I'll, I'll give you a beer when we're done and thing will be great, right? It's like, yeah, man, thanks. That'd be super cool. And you spend the rest of the drive in quiet contemplation with the occasional look from the driver up into his rearview mirror, not to check for other cars, but just to look at you. As you arrive at your location, what does the house look like? The house is in... It is a McMansion-style house that has a large front yard with a tree in the front and a large bay window looking into the living room and a little roof covering the where the door is that are held up by like Roman-style pillars. Like a porch with a awning? Yeah, but it's fancy-looking. And it's just a nice brick house with a two-car garage. And before Jimmy steps out of the cab, he hands the cabbie the money and then just says, forget. He does that thing where mortals space out and in a minute or two, he's going to come to sitting in his car with a pile of cash sitting on his lap and be a little confused. Oh, and then, uh, thanks for the lift, buddy. Jimmy grabs his beer and heads on out. First, Jimmy's going to like mess up his hair, make it look like he's been drinking a little too much. He leaves the beer in the cab and there's three beers left in his ring of six pack and just bangs on the door. Just like, yeah, and just Stacy. 
and just bangs again, making sure awe is on. It'll take a minute before people get up, throw on a bathrobe or slippers, something to make themselves slightly presentable to come down to you banging on the door. You'll hear movement on the other side. And then after a moment, you'll hear locks start to unclick. And then the door will crack open before it's stopped by a chain. And you'll hear a man's voice say, the fuck do you want at this hour? Oh, Greg, I need talk Stacy. And he's like, the fuck happened to you? You hear your sister's voice. Greg, who is it? It's your fucking brother. She's like, don't, don't language. She comes up. The door gets pushed closed. And you hear the watch unlatching. And the door opens. Jimmy, what are you doing here at this hour? My girlfriend died and I needed someone who knows me. Does the thing where she puts a hand to her mouth. And it's like, oh, and she pushes open the door. Come in, come in. And as she is escorting you into the house, she shoots her husband a look and mouths something at him behind your head. I'm sorry to bother you. I know you probably have important things to do, but I, I just needed someone to talk to. Of course, Jimmy, come on. And she takes you to one of the side rooms, one of the guest rooms, and it's all made up. How long has it been since you have seen your sister's family? Eight years. It's like, now, just sit here, hold on, and she'll go, and she'll get a, a cup of water and some Tylenol and... Like a change of pajamas, similar to what her husband was wearing. You'll hear muffled voices converse out in the hallway. And then she'll come in with this little survival pack. Here's something for you to get changed into, and here's some water, and she'll go to take the beer from you. Jimmy plays the part of wanting to keep it, but lets her take it. And she puts the little Advil on the nightstand. It was now. Just here, drink this and just get some rest. And then we'll talk about it in the morning. You're my favorite. You know that? She pulls you in and does that thing where your head is against her chest and she just kind of rubs your hair and rubs your back at the same time. Thank you. I just... She meant so much to me. I'm sure that she did. And she's gone. And the camera cuts away with you having your head leaning against her chest and her rubbing your hair and trying to to say calming things to you. What are Jimmy's thoughts in this moment? He's trying to assess on, is there like papers or something he can tape on the window so that the sun doesn't come in? Because that's not going to be fun. There is some stuff in here that you could make use of. There's a couple of blankets. You could put a blanket over top of it, and that would probably block most of it. Does there happen to be an ensuite? Sure. 
So he's going to fall asleep in the tub. There's no window in the ensuite. Hatches this plan while fake sobbing and crying and. Well, gotta be careful with the actual crying because you don't want to get blood all over her nice nightgown. Yes. Not actual crying, just sobs. Is he actually sad? He's angry. Interesting. He doesn't know how he feels about what happened. He doesn't know if he should side with the Sabbat or the Camarilla. And he's angry about what Carol did to him because he has conflicting memories and is fairly certain many of them are fake. He's just recently been able to identify that some are fake. He's also deadly scared of what Art is going to say to him. Can't imagine what it might be. At least Jimmy dealt with the problem. Sort of. As these thoughts swirl back in around in his head, the camera shimmers a bit, seeing how Coco and Sfeeple were in a similar position to Jimmy and Stacy were in. You get two, maybe three pats on the back from Sfeeple before she moves to pull away from you. Are you hungry or is it just me? Must be all the emotion and stuff in here. Well, you did feed your pet. Do you think I should tie her up or like how, how much does it take before she loves me and stays? It takes three nights before she is your slave. Okay. So we should definitely probably tie her up. Are you any good with knots? I got a fine rope. I'll tie her up and then got to go get something to eat. So did you, you want to join me on this or, um, cause we don't have much time before, like I got to go sleep then too. Right. I would be very interested in watching you hunt. So, yeah, that's my plan. I'm going to find rope, tie um, this chick up in, like, one of the changing rooms in the way back furthest from everything uh, with a blanket and a pillow because I'm not a monster and the new clothes, too. I mean, technically, you are a monster. And my hands aren't really great at Tying really good knots right now, I imagine. It's a little rough. <laughs> I need help to do that. Do you just look at her imploringly and ask her for help? Yeah, well, I fumble with it and kind of get pissed off. And then, w- <sighs> would you mind helping me tie a knot? She doesn't say anything, but she will help you tie a knot. And then once I'm convinced that she's secure, I'll just turn to people and, all right, um, I'm not supposed to eat here at the mall, and she can stay here for me so we can go out. All right, let's, let's go find something that we eat quick, like bite, right? 
she merely steps aside as if to allow you to lead the way. Okay, super nervous. So I have to check myself in the mirror like a couple times and I'm going to change my shirt because I already have jeans on. I'm going to put on like even dark, like super dark black like hoodie and probably like a beanie because I kind of look cute in beanies and it helps hide my colorful hair. Okay, and then straighten up and then out the door. The back way because I like that way better than the main door and she simply follows you everybody this is future bamps i usually don't do this for the outtakes but some big time things just happened there um i put in i usually like to put in the details about things like frenzy or other big time loss of character agency things just so that it's like hey here was the mechanics of what happened and why all of a sudden a character might fly off the handle or something like that i try to handle it also with the narrative aspect of things talking about that but in addition to, let's say, Jimmy's mood and the conversation that he just had with Sveeple, there was also this bit here that was talking about um, what Jimmy had said to Carol about his his mood and how nervous and anxious he was about getting out of there. And it's like, oh, hey, yeah, no, Coco can... Well, you'll hear the clip in a second. Um, but given as he said through the distance of how far away if Coco was that she could also hear it. It's like, oh, well, clearly people can also hear that. And there is a uh, outtakes coming up further down the line, another one or two episodes where after everybody kind of came back together and everything was revealed, we all chatted about it, which you guys will hear when that comes out. But I just wanted to supply some context for the bit of outtakes here and as to why it is important in the greater scheme of Carol getting horribly murdered and it being, I mean, I, I loved it. It was great. I'm like, Oh sweet. Let's do a crazy thing and have the entire game get shaken up. Let's see what happens. So, uh, I can't wait for you guys to hit me on the discord or something afterwards to, to just everything about this. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I'm gonna get out of here. Goodbye and enjoy the rest of uh, past bamps. So when Jimmy goes in for the hug, he's going to whisper in her ear, "We should get going quickly now." Oh, that's that's very interesting. Um, do you think that Coco can hear you, or should I have her roll? Um, depends how. Like, it'd be. If she's within a couple meters, she can probably hear it without problem, but also I don't imagine she's very far away, so yeah, she could probably hear it. So that's the plan. He's going to light the pizza boxes on fire, two just to be safe, and then toss them at the car from like a good five meters away. Can you roll a frenzy roll real quick? <laughs> Oh, uh, I think that is looking at 
because uh, your willpower is currently zero, so it would just be one third of your humanity rounded up. Or I'm sorry, rounded down. So it would just be two dice. And the five might just be the like base number that starts if they're automatically populated. I that's good. This Vampire of the Masquerade Chronicle is a non-official fan-created work by the Without a Net podcast. Portions of the materials used in this actual play are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with their permission. All rights are reserved. For any further information in those regards, or maybe upcoming releases, eh? You can find them at worldofdarkness.com.